Echo Online, Jordan here, and drove the Chevy to the levee, and the levee was Bry and here. <laughs> Welcome to Echo Online. Discover a life-giving local church where you find the community and the support that you have been looking for. Join us for our services at Mayo High School on Sundays at 9.15 or 10.45. We're eager to meet you and extend our warm welcome to the Echo Church family. At Echo, we hope that you'll find your place, experience a true sense of belonging. We hope you'll find your people here, building friendships and finding support. Most importantly. Most importantly though. At Echo, we want to help you discover your unique purpose in life. Mm -hmm. We believe this is what we're all seeking and we can't wait to share with you. Ladies, have you heard about Lady League? I know you have. Hey ladies, it was so great to have been with you this last weekend. I cannot wait to be with you in just a couple of weeks at Lady League. I know that God is gonna meet with us. It's gonna be an amazing time. What a great opportunity to go deeper in your relationships, to maybe meet some new women, and to take advantage of the community that God has provided you through Echo Church. It's gonna be such a great night. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Okay, it was better to hear it from her than us. Much, so much better. I am not invited, you are not invited. <laughs> no. but. Go ahead. Oh, I'll say it. You invite a friend or 10 to this awesome event at the Hilltop House on August 17th at 5 p.m. As always, check out Echo's weekly email for more information and sign up for these events. Mm -hmm. Church people. <clears throat> I'm going to do my, my church lady impersonation. When was the last time you gave to the church? Seriously, when did you last prioritize worshiping God with your finances? The Bible teaches us mm -hmm. it's not about the amount but about the heart mm. and being obedient to mm. God's words and instructions. Very good. So we invite you to dig deep into those metaphorical pockets and head to our website or Venmo us at We Are The Echo Church. Enjoy the online service. Bye. Start to forget all of the great things you did. And when did I throw away faith for the impossible? Yeah. How did I start to believe that you weren't sufficient for me? Why do I talk myself out of seeing miracles? When this is who you are. You are more than able. Jesus. You are more than able. You are, you are. You are more than able. Yes, you are. It's who you are, God. 
sing this with us this morning. So you are more than able. You are more than able. You are. Yes, you are. closer to you, God. It's closer to your heart. We're here to meet with you today, God. And I say thank you for your presence because it's in your presence that we find fullness of joy. It's in your presence that we find healing. It's in your presence that we find peace. In the midst of turmoil, circumstances that may feel overwhelming, God. So we thank you for your presence. Thank you for speaking, and even in these moments. As you're speaking to someone right now, bring clarity, bring direction, bring wisdom right now in this in this space. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Echo Church, and I just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. You are in for a special treat. We just love it when we get to have some of our friends come down here. Wasn't Clinton great leading us today? But we, his wife, Portia, is going to be speaking here, and we have known Clinton and Portia for over 11 years. They moved here from Texas, and they are part of River Valley Church up in Minneapolis. And yes, woo woo. But a few things that I love about Portia, just for you to know, is she's someone that walks the walk. She, wa- she knows the Lord. She carries, if I were to describe even just how she carries the word or carries just knowing Jesus, is she carries it in a way where she has authority and she carries it with responsibility and authenticity. And something that I've observed in her, she's a teacher by trade. And she's a student of the word. But in this season, if I, as I've been watching her, just even through conversation and just from afar, is she is bursting. There is an overflow in her. And that God has been speaking to her for years and just her own personal life and just in relationships with people. But in this season, God's giving her a word for more people. And so we get to hear from her today. And since we launched Echo four years ago, we have been wanting to get her down here. And it's just God's timing, right? It's not our timing, it's his. And so it is such a gift. It is an honor and a privilege to have her speak here today. And so Echo Church, if you could just stand to your feet and welcome Portia Allen to the stage. Hey, good morning, good morning. Um, what a great day. I, I started, I'm s- tempted to talk about the heat, but we all know what time of year it is and we all know what's coming. So praise God for the day that he has given us, right? Whenever you're tempted to complain about how hot it is in Minnesota when normally it's not, just remember, it's Minnesota. Snowda. Right? Okay. So um, it is such an honor to be here. My husband uh, said that earlier. We truly are honored to be here. And I, and I want to tell you about yourselves, if I can, for just a second, in the best way possible. I'm not about to dress you down. Your pastors in the team here are so amazing. Um, I was standing over talking to Pastor Christy, and I said, this is, this is really special. And she's like, I know. And I was like, no, Christy. This is 
really special because when you walk in, people are greeting you, not just like, hi, it's, hi, welcome to church. There is a genuine warmth that is over this house. There is genuine invitation. I heard at least two, three people, hey, I want you to meet this person that I brought with me. You guys are bringers. And in a day and age where in culture, when people hear the word church, they're like, ah, thank you for doing it differently. Thank you for being willing to believe all that this word says and to demonstrate it and to teach people how to do what this book says we are to do. And it comes from them knowing Jesus, right? If ever you're around a churchy situation where you're like, you're saying the right things, but it just, I think what you're sensing is maybe a lack of knowledge of the one who gave us this mechanism of the church. Because it's not even about this building. It's about all of you. It's about all of us sitting in the chairs and going out into our spaces, into our jobs and our families, the grocery store, the coffee shops. That's what it's all about. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be here with you all. And so as we're diving into God's word today, um, I do want to show you a complete picture of our family. You saw Clinton. You see me. Our boys are somewhere. They're here. And so that's all of us. We get a family picture every holiday. So this is Easter. We're like, it's time to take the picture. And they're like, oh, because they're all boys. And I was like, listen to me. I am your mother. I ask very little of you. And then if they're still like, what? I'm like, I gave birth to you. We're taking the picture. So uh, that's all of us. And so the oldest is Caden. He's 12. And then Malachi, he's 11. And then Shepard is six. And they are amazing and very full of life. And so when you think of the Allens, pray specifically for our, and when I say our, I mean my sanity. Because the Lord has given them and gifted them with a lot. And I want to steward it well and not lose my mind in the process, right? So sometimes I think God gives us kids that are quote unquote a lot. And we're like, oh my gosh, God did that on purpose because there's a purpose over them. Hear me, there are parents in the room right now that you're like, my kid is so much and I don't know what to do. God, help me. Literally, you're saying, God, comma, help me, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. It is not because you are doing something wrong. God gave you the children that you have with the personality and gifts and intelligence that they have on purpose. Our job is not to squash it, smash it, squander, but to steward, prune, and help it grow. God has placed in our hands some fiery people, right? And it is because it is needed for what our world needs. They must have that strong will to stand against culture when culture says you are this or you are that. They must have that passion and that fire because people are looking at the people of God and saying, you're boring. No, we're not. We are full of passion for the things of God. So I want to encourage you parents today. I know it's hot. I know sometimes we get burned, but God is gifting you and he's giving you everything that you need to steward your kids. And he's not asking you to do it by yourself. Isn't it great how God does that, that everything that he asks us to do, he gives us the power and the will to do it? That's what his word says. He gives us what we need to accomplish his will. I'm so glad that he's not like, do it, good luck, right? Um, That made me think of that movie, Taken, good luck. That's not the God we serve. He's, "I'm, I'm with you the entire time. I am with you. I know that you've been in a series, The Good Life, The Good Life, right? When I think of that, I think about food, because your girl loves food. Any other food people out there, right? I like high-end food, and sometimes Taco Bell just hits, right? Those nacho cheese fries, man! I love that they take them off the menu sometimes, because then I don't eat them all the time, so then when I do go eat them, it's like, I haven't had it in six months, yes! So um, we get to set our appetites around the foods that we've been exposed to, right? There are some things that we haven't even been exposed to yet. We don't even know that we're going to like it because we haven't had exposure to the thing. Our kids are exposed to different things. It's our job to give them more than chicken nuggets and cheese sticks. 
I know they don't want anything else, but they don't know what's good. That's why they have parents. That's why they have adults in their life to show them, hey, no, these other things are good. Um, quick poll of the room for those that enjoy eating steak. That's uh, where are my well done people? No judgment. Well done, well done, well done. Okay, I see you. Thank you. Anybody else well done? All right, I see that, I see that. In um, the first hour, there was a little bit of like, over well done. Listen to me. If that's how you like your steak, eat your steak well done. There is no shame on how you like it. Soak it with A1 and enjoy it. Where are our medium well, medium people? Yes, yes, more hands, more hands. Okay, where are my rare people just walking through a warm room? Yep, I see you. Your plate might be talking to you, but that's okay. That's totally, it's what your appetite has been grown to. You like steak? That's what I'm talking about. You've been trained well. Because we get to teach the people around us what to desire and what to crave in food. If you are the one who cooks in your home, does the grocery shopping, you get to, hey, we're going to try something new tonight. Sometimes I don't tell my family it's something new. They know it as soon as it. What's for dinner? I don't even tell them anymore because I don't want to hear, I don't like that, I don't want that, can we have? And I'm like, nope, you're going to eat what I've made or choose not to, and you can eat again tomorrow. So that's just insight into our, our house. Um, but listen to me, in the good food that God has provided, and he has, and there are things that obviously I have not tried yet, and I hope to try them all, one of the things that I'm looking forward to in heaven is the food that we're going to eat. Do you know that Revelation talks about a tree that every month it grows a different fruit? What? What in the world? I'm very excited about food in heaven. Yes, I'm excited to see Jesus. And to eat with him when I get there. So when you think about the good life and the food that you enjoy and the appetites that you have, I'm sure there are things that you know if you have too much of it, it's not good, right? Or there are things that you desire that are not good for you. When I was pregnant with our first child, fried chicken was my crave. 11 o'clock at night, I'd be like, babe, I want some fried chicken. And he would just say, okay. And we'd go get some fried chicken. And it was so good and so bad. Are you with me? If anything, if you're like, I don't, I don't know how to resonate with that. Let's go back to 2020. Y'all remember 2020? Do you know what I, I craved and had an appetite for often in 2020? Mug cakes. You know, you make the cake in a little coffee mug, and then I'd throw chocolate chips in it. Man, so good. But I did that a lot in 2020. I'm just going to leave it right there. If you want to see my license picture, you will see proof of all of the mug cakes that I had in 2020. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul, and he also talks about our appetites. And in Romans chapter 7, verse 19, he says, For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. What he's telling us is that he had an appetite for things that he didn't want to have an appetite for, but yet it was there, and so he kept falling into those things. And I love that the Apostle Paul says this because this is Paul, the Apostle, Paul, that took the gospel to the Gentiles, Paul, that stood before, I said Nero, because Nero, what's, what are they called? Not Caesar. Caesar? You've appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you will go. Yes, to Caesar. Paul, great man of God, encountered Jesus, great visions. Paul says, the good I want to do, I'm not doing. And the evil that I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. And I resonate with Paul because there are things in my life and things that I desire that I keep on doing. The title of the message today is Set Your Appetite. Because I believe that God wants to help us set our appetites. He wants to help us correct the unhealthy appetites that are clinging on to our lives. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My point right now is that those of us that are following Jesus, that even we still have sin. And though we have a relationship with Jesus and have been saved, 
we are also being saved and one day will be saved when we are with him in eternity forever. And where I'm going to focus today is on the being saved. The being saved, we must admit that we still have sin. I've been in a season of my life where I say things like, oh, I made a mistake or I didn't make a good choice. And the Holy Spirit says, you mean it was sin? <laughs> oh, yes, that's what it is. So for, for myself personally, I've just been like, God, forgive me, not for the bad choice. Forgive me for my sin because my sin separates me from you. Now, hear me. If you have a relationship with Jesus, when you sin, because we will, John actually tells us, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, right? So when we sin in this being saved part of our lives, which is between salvation and resurrection with Christ, we have an advocate. He will forgive us. Our salvation is not cut off because we sinned. Praise God, right? Praise God. Do you realize that before Jesus, that every time the people sinned that they had to go slaughter another animal? Every time? But Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice once and for all for all of us, for all the sin we did, we are doing, and we will do in the future. He covered it all. And so my point is we just, I don't want us to live in, oh, I sinned, but to know that we have it and that as we bring it to the Lord, he will forgive us and so that we can hear him clearly. I, I talked to my kids. Two of our kids gave their hearts to Jesus this year. We are so excited for that. And I have told them, and I was like, now that you've accepted Jesus, all of your sins are forgiven. But when you sin again, you are still saved. Somebody needs to hear this today. You have accepted Jesus, and because of some appetites that he is still working out in you, you have questioned your salvation. And can I tell you today, you are saved. You're just resetting your appetite. So let's, let's look at what else Paul says. Um, in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Do you know what the good life is? It's freedom. It's freedom to desire the things that God has called you to desire. Because without the Lord, you won't even have a taste for the things of God. Isn't that funny? Like, think about in your life before you knew Jesus, the good things that you desired to do, that was not you on your own. That was God's mercy drawing you to himself. That was the Lord drawing you, his creation, back to their creator. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Because scripture says that every good thing comes from God. So the good things that you did before you had a relationship with Jesus was because the Holy Spirit was drawing you to himself. Paul tells us that we don't have to be condemned. And so today is a day of freedom. If you are sitting in this room and you're like, Paul, the good I want to do, I'm not doing. But the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. You are not condemned because of what Jesus did. But Portia, you just said that we just keep on doing the wrong thing. How am I not condemned? Because Jesus said that anyone who's in Christ is not condemned. So when the evil that keeps on happening in our lives, when it happens, all we have to do is respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit that's in us, right? When the thing happens, have you noticed that the things that you used to do, you can't do now? When I was in high school, I played volleyball. Are there any other volleyball players in the room? Yes, yes, I knew I liked you when I saw you walk in the foyer. We will talk after. My coach said that we could have no carbonated beverages because we were in Texas, he said no Cokes. Because in Texas, it's what kind of Coke do you want? Because we're here, no pop, you with me? No pop for the entire volleyball season. At the time, I had a pretty significant um, love and affection for Dr. Pepper. So I went months, no Dr. Pepper. At the end of the season, I was so excited. I was going to drink a Dr. Pepper for the first time in a very long time. Pumped. Y'all, do you know what happens? You know where I'm going with the story. I take that first sip, and it was the most disgusting, gross thing that I'd ever put in my mouth. I can barely drink Dr. Pepper to this day because of the length of time that I went without drinking the drink. Hear me. When we reset our appetites... And then when life happens and we are like, you know what? I used to really enjoy this. And we go back to that thing. It doesn't, it doesn't taste the same. 
doesn't hit the same. It doesn't feel the same because you've been separated from it for such a long time. Jesus wants to set our appetites. I mean, we could look at my coach and be like, you're being so mean. Why, why just let the girls have, let them have a Coke. Let them have a pop. Let them just drink it. It's, it's really not that big a deal. But he knew that if we weren't drinking sodas, we would drink more water, which would keep us hydrated, which would help us be more on our tiptoes, if you will, in the volleyball game. When we accept Jesus and we allow him to set our appetites, the things that he steers us away from, it's not because he's trying to spoil our fun. God is not a fun spoiler. He is a lifesaver. He is the one who comes in and says, I know that this is what you used to do, but I want to show you a better way. Because if you will do it this way, you will have the good life. Because the good life is him. Because as we choose the things that God brings to us that teach us about his character and his nature and how to love him and to receive his love, we can't help but love those that are around us. If we look back at Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11, Paul says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So our flesh desires everything that's contrary to the spirit of God. But the spirit desires everything that is in line with the character and nature of God. Jesus wants to set our appetites so that everything that we desire, everything, not some things, everything. Something that happened this morning, um, you know, my kids were being kids because that's what kids do. And um, we needed two more towels. So I, I called down after I figured out how to use the phone. Anybody else forgotten how to use a landline? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to pick this up. That's a dial tone. But then it gave me another dial tone. I was like, what's a dial? Oh! Anyway, I got through, and the gentleman was so kind, but he could not bring me the towels. So I was like, okay, i got to figure this out. So I get dressed, and I run down and get the towels and come back upstairs, and there's been a swap off of children in the shower. Praise God, we're making progress. And then there, there is, I went to print something, and he's like, you need to go to the other computer to print. I was like, no big deal. And then I needed my phone to confirm my ID so that I, on the computers. It, anyway, you, are you getting the, the gist of the morning? Just like lots of little, little bitty, little bitty things that were just edging. And I was like, the appetite of my impatience was hungry and desiring to have me. Then I dented a car, not with my car, but with the cart from the hotel. And I was like, oh. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. God, I come into agreement with what you have planned for this morning. And I come out of agreement with the distractions that the enemy would try to tempt me with for today. Because we're in this world. We're with people. The fact that I'm with my children is not a hurdle to ministry. Because we are called to be in season and out of season. We are called to speak out of the overflow of our hearts. So what my responsibility is, is to stay surrendered to the Lord of when these frustrations happen, to not go back to old me, how I was before. Maybe it was a week ago, you know, whatever. It's still old. <laughs> but to lean into the Lord and say, God, I need you. I recognize this as a temptation to blow my everlasting mind on my kids, on the gentleman at the desk, on the car that... I don't even know where the people are. I did tell, I did tell the front desk I, I hit the car. I left my information. Hopefully they'll call. There's a small part of me that's hoping they won't. If you were in the room and you were staying at the hotel, I'm sorry. See me, see me afterwards and we'll make it right. We do have car insurance. Praise God. Um, we are allowing God to set our appetites. And my appetite this morning is really for God. My prayer this morning was, Lord, I, I just want to do what you've asked me to do. I just want to follow you, even though life is going to buffet us, because that's when your old appetites are going to show up. You're going to do really, really well, and you're going to choose good things, and then there's going to be something that happens at your job, or there's going to be something that happens in your relationship with your spouse, or there's going to be something that happens with your kids, or something with your parents, or there's going to be a loss. Something of life, because life happens 
will happen. And that is when you are tempted to go to the things that you used to go to to help you when you are stressed. But the Lord wants you to know today that he has given you a new appetite. You don't have to go back to the old things. You don't have to go back to the old way of living. You don't have to go back to the old way of responding to the stressors of life because you have the Holy Spirit of God who dwells in you. Galatians chapter five says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free this morning, the good life. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Because if you notice, if you think about your pet sin, we all have them. It may be a substance. It may be something you watch. It may be something you listen to. It may be something that you secret away. But our sin always has to do with what we want, what we desire, our appetites, right? And that's why it separates us from God, because instead of wanting what God wants for us, we want what we want for us, which will in turn hurt someone else and not serve someone else. And the hurting might actually even be yourself, that you're hurting yourself when we give in to the appetites. But Paul tells us we've been called to be set free. We're gonna serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, that's interesting, appetites, bite, devour, mm. Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Quick note. Paul is writing to the Galatian church, not to non-believers. He is writing to people who are full of the spirit of God and saying, be careful that you do not bite and devour each other. He continues in verse 16 and says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you were not to do whatever you want. Now, I know that we live in the United States of America where it is my right, fill in the blank. It is my right to say, it is my right to do, it is my right. But as the people of God, we have surrendered our rights to the Lord who gave everything for us. So we are not to live in such a way to do whatever it is that we want to do. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Debauchery is just like outrageous conduct. You know, when you hear your grandmother or your great aunt say, I can't believe that they, that's probably debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. There are several of these that are listed that directly go against unity. And the enemy of our souls wants to disrupt the unity of the people of God. Because where there's unity, God's presence is. And where God's presence is, is anointing. And where there's anointing, there is freedom and chains break. I warn you as I did before, do not live like this or like those because you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit, this is what we are setting our appetite for, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, that's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, its appetite. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Here's what I love about the fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that you have to force out of yourself. That as you come into God's presence, as you come into community with other believers, as you are encountering God's word, that these are things that will naturally grow out of what you have consumed, right? God's word is the key to living according to what God has asked us to do. His word is the secret sauce, if you will, to having your appetite set by the Holy Spirit. And there is this lie going around that says, the Bible is too hard to understand, I can't read it. I don't desire it. I don't have an appetite for it. You know how you build an appetite for God's word? You read it. And then you come back and you read it again. And then you come back and you read it again. Pastor Andy gave the encouragement and the invitation to memorize God's word. As you are memorizing God's word, you are chewing 
on it. And the more you chew on something, the more you're like, man, I really like how that, how that tastes. I really like how that feels. I really like how my mind is responding after I have been in God's word. A practical tip that um, I share all of the time is that if reading is something that you have hated from the time you learned to read in kindergarten or first grade, that there are amazing resources to listen to the Bible. YouVersion has tons of different translations of the Bible that has an audio option so that you can listen to it. And it is powerful to listen to the Word of God. That's why we, we use the Word when we speak to you on Sundays and we read it over you. We don't just reference it because there is power in hearing the Word of God. And as we are encountering the word of God, the fruit of the spirit is developed in us. And as the fruit of the spirit is developed in us, we begin to have new appetites. As love begins to be worked out in all of the details of your life, you will find that when you have an occasion to really demonstrate your love, it's going to be there when you need it because you've been setting your appetite for it. For all the mamas in the room and your patients, right? Listen to me, you have the spirit of God. And when you fall down, because we will, get back up because there is no condemnation because you are in Christ Jesus. God has called you. He has called you. For the men in the room, God has called you. For that coworker, that supervisor, that CEO, God has called you to demonstrate what you've been consuming. And what you've been consuming, I believe, by the Spirit of the Lord are things that are going to bring life and peace to the people that you encounter on a day-to-day basis. Amen? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I specifically am going to ask the following group of people just to wave at me. If you are like the Apostle Paul, And you are in a cycle where you're saying, the good I want to do, I am not doing. But the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Would you just raise your hand and wave at me so I can see you? I see these hands that are going up. Thank you so much for your honesty. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see those hands. I ask you to raise your hand, not so that I can see But there is something that happens when we do a a physical response to what God is doing. And so I want to pray for you right now. God, I thank you that your word says we are not condemned. We are not condemned. I ask that you would silence every voice that says the contrary. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters who said, "I, I want to do the right and the good and the holy thing, but I keep getting tripped up and doing the wrong, the unholy, the evil thing. God, I thank you that freedom is coming to your sons and daughters today because of their willingness to say, God, this is where I am. This is the space that I'm in. God, I thank you that by your Holy Spirit that you are beginning to change their appetites. God, I thank you that there are those in this room right now that you are going to give them a very specific thing to go after. It might be that they're changing how they read your word. It may be that they're increasing their frequency. It may be that they're going to start listening to the word being read to them. It may be that they're going to begin to pray out loud in their quiet time with you. It may be that they're going to go to a brother or sister and confess their sin because your word says if we confess our sins one to another, we can pray together and be healed. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters today that, Lord, they desire to walk in the good life that you have provided for us, the freedom that you have provided for us by your spirit. And I thank you that today there is a shift in their lives, that today they will begin to taste an aspect of the good life that they've never known before because they will desire you. We love you, God, and we bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you, church.
Lord, we do ask. Lord, we do seek you first. Understanding that all other things will be added unto us. Develop our appetites, Lord, for you more and more. Lord, we love you. Because you first loved us. And if you agree with that, would you shout amen? amen? Hey, can we take a moment and honor Clinton and Portia? As, as the pastor here, I just want to say this is just such a timely message. I feel like the Lord is doing something unique in this church this summer. And it's so fun to bring our friends in and have them speak to you and I love how everybody comes in with just a different take, a little bit on the good life. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's just been really fun. But as she was speaking, and she was speaking about appetites, it reminded me of when I had walked out of college and stepped into a new kind of desk office of sorts, a little bit of ministry, and everything was revolved around food. And my wife was giving me caramel frappuccinos a lot. And all of a sudden, like... I put my jeans on and like a button popped off. I was like, what is going on here? Y'all know you've been there, you know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, what I realized in that season, I had developed some bad habits and some bad appetites. And so when I stepped into like, okay, I got to do something because I knew I was out of shape. Like I literally went and played broom hockey and like 15 seconds later, I realized like, oh no, I am not who I used to be. <laughs> You know, and uh, so anyway, one of the things I learned in dieting and just kind of in the process of trying to lose some weight and get back in shape, I realized it wasn't about like eliminating the, the bad things and focusing on that, but it was about learning to love better things. You know what I'm saying? I like changed the appetite from what was to what could be. And, and that focus ultimately changed my life. You know, and my jeans fit. Amen. Come on, somebody. And um, and this is not just an issue of of the time. This is an issue from the beginning of time. And in fact, it's an issue at the beginning of the church. In fact, arguably the most important chapter in Acts is Acts chapter 15. It's called the Jerusalem Council, where the leadership of the New Testament church gathers together and they determine what the Gentile believer needs to do. Because you all know the Old Testament is large. You know what I'm saying? It kind of feels like it's in charge. Like, whoa, how am I supposed to handle that? And they came together and they sought the Holy Spirit and they determined to address the appetite. Because there were some people like, no, you got to get circumcised. But what the Holy Spirit led them and directed them, we can read it today, is this, is to address our Appetite. Acts chapter 15. Go home and read it. But that's why we read Galatians. And we say, guess what? We see what the old appetite is, but we also look towards the new. And we might lean on to that old, old, old appetite accidentally here and there. But here's the deal. We are pressing forward. As I love what Portia said, that we were saved. We're being saved. And God's going to save us in the future. That God is in process. And you know what I love about this church is we all just admit it. Like we don't have to lie about it. Like we are in process. We are being restored. And so just once again, thank you for bringing the word. Thank you for being true to it and just laying it real hard on our lap. And, and now we got to do something about it. But if there's some of you that walked into this space today and you feel far from God. And you know what? Just, it's not meant to be like that. It's never meant to be like that. God is leaning towards you. He's whispering your name and he's asking for you to step towards him. He's not asking you to fix your appetite. He's asking for you to draw near to him so that your appetite can be changed. And so, you know, I just want to invite people today. If you far from God, man, this thing, church is new. You know what? Surrender your life to Jesus and see who you become tomorrow. And we pray this prayer every week. Uh, and we want to invite you to do this. And it's just... It's kind of like, a, I'd like to say it's kind of like this flying leap towards Jesus, you know, like, 
Uh, it's just a huge, huge monumental moment. We pray this as a reminder, but for those that have never prayed this, this is a huge day where God can change everything. And we believe that. We expect that. Church, let's pray this. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions and answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority. And everybody says, hey, let's celebrate with someone that prayed that for the very first time. We also want to celebrate with our guests today. We don't want to just celebrate you. We want to meet you. We want to help you.